What is up, everybody? Welcome back to On The Come Down. My name is Palmer. Um, I'm riding solo again this week. Uh, my guy behind the desk, Gates, uh, he had to work. I had to pick up some shifts because um, we have to adult nowadays. And so the, the recording schedule got a little mixed, mixed up. And so uh, I'm recording this on Saturday morning, a little spooky episode, Halloween. Um, it actually isn't going to be a spooky episode. Uh, I think I'm going to do that probably for next week's episode, uh, just when, you know, have Gates back in here, have the energy, and we'll we'll share some stories and kind of reminisce on the Halloween season. Um, first off, I want to say thank you guys for uh, all the support on last episode um, with Martina. Um, I, I really appreciate everybody who listened. And also, I just want to say I appreciate everybody who's listened to the podcast so far. Um, I'm having a lot of fun making it. I've gotten a lot of good feedback from you guys saying that you're uh, enjoying listening. So I really appreciate that. Um, you may be able to tell by the somberness of my voice that um, this episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, you know, I'm, I made this podcast um, for entertainment purposes, for comedy purposes. I want, you know, you guys to be able to take a take a little hour break out of your day every week or out of your week and just enjoy. And that's, you know, that's what I listen to podcasts for is just to kind of take me away from everything that's happening right now in the real world. And um, I think comedy and just entertainment in general is a, is a great uh, way for that. But because it's it's just me this week, I felt like this would be a really good time to talk about a more serious topic, and uh, that topic would be mental health. And if you know, if that's not what you guys come for this pot come to this podcast for, I totally get it. Um, and if you haven't already, go check out the other episodes, get a good laugh in, or just join us back next week. But I think that a lot of you out there probably are like me and whether you suffer from it or somebody in your family suffers for, from it or just a close friend of yours, I think that it's a topic that we need to be talking more about, especially uh, right now in this pandemic. I always say we're kind of, I think we're battling two pandemics. Um, COVID obviously is number one first and foremost and we need to get that figured out, but also um, we need to be taking care of ourselves in this time. Um, and so I just thought that I would uh, break it down a little bit for you guys, share my experiences, and maybe I can be the person that you guys hear and you're like, yeah, let's let's start taking care of ourselves because that's what I needed from somebody in my life. And um, also, I just want to say, you know, it. I'm going to be talking about a lot of negative things that have happened, but that it's not... Um, it's not me kind of the woe is me, um, like the, oh, like, you know, my life is so bad. I'm happier than I've ever been. And I think that um, you guys will, I'll explain why, how the bad kind of turns into the good with everything that's been going on. Um, but yeah, I so I just really appreciate you guys listening and I hope you stick around for this episode and um, hopefully, hopefully it helps somebody out there. All right, guys. Um, I think just the best way to kind of start this episode is just to start talking about my experience. Um, like I said, I think that right now is such a dire time to be taking care of ourselves and just really taking time to look within and say, you know, what what do I need in this um, really crazy time? Um, I've always said that right now we need to be thinking about others, not just ourselves with COVID, um, just because of the way that the virus works. But also, I mean, this time could not be more filled with anxiety and stress and depression and just all, all of the problems that can really get, you know, you worked up. It's it's such an abnormal time right now. Um, also, I didn't say it in the intro, but there's no video this week just because I felt like this was a little more intimate, um, just me and the microphone. Um, but if you just want to imagine me talking. Um, I walked into Gates's room. I'm in, I'm in all black, black long sleeve shirt and a beanie. I walked into Gates's room and he said that I look like I should be doing slam poetry. So uh, just keep that image in mind. Um, but I think I'll just start talking about my experience. Um, I, I've always been someone who has used comedy and entertainment as kind of a... Um, 
a way to hide, you know, the, 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 the true feelings. Um, I always call myself Chandler from friends, his famous quote of, um, I use, or I, I use jokes when I'm uncomfortable and I do the same thing. And, um, it, it does bring me great joy to make you guys laugh and just make people laugh in general. Um, it's a shocker that I'm an actor, but, um, yeah, I think that, that, you know, that's why I do this podcast. And like I said, next week we'll be back to normal and we'll be having good times. But, um, this was just weighing on my heart lately and, uh, I've been struggling a little bit. So I felt like this was, um, a good forum. Also, this is the most public forum that I've ever shared this stuff on. So I hope that, um, maybe that gives you guys a little, um, maybe gives you guys a little confidence to share with somebody in your life. But, um, anyways, so I, uh, I went to a school out in California, right out of high school, um, called Chapman University, and I was in a BFA acting program. And if you don't know what that is, it's a Bachelor of Fine Arts, and basically it just means that it's an intensive acting program. Um, if you're in the theater world or the acting world or anything, you know that um, a lot of acting schools are just super intense. And to describe how intense. Um, my schedule for a year and a half straight was get up class from 8 to 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., um, then start rehearsal at about 5 p.m., and usually get home around 11, 30, 12. And then homework, of course, and all that stuff, and then repeat the next day. And it's exhausting, but, um, you know, I will say I do miss it because I miss really taking classes on what I love. But I had. Also, in, in acting school, there was this tweet, and I can't remember the exact tweet, but just to describe to you guys what it is, um, or what it's like to be an acting student, um, there, there's this tweet that said, you know, English majors are, are getting graded on their grammar, and acting students are being asked why they're not emotionally available at 9 a.m., and... That's true. And I'm not saying that I think that every major has their stressors and every major can be very intense. But some of this story, you might think a professor would say that to you and that's not inappropriate. And in acting school, a lot of things are said to you that um, I think that in other contexts would be inappropriate, but it, it is for the better. And I respect all my teachers. And although I think that some of them were very, very hard on students, I respect all of them. And I think that they're all good at what they do. So I had a teacher, and she was a bit of a kook and loved her dearly, um, Professor Washington, um, huge shout out. But this was my, um, what would turn out to be my final semester at Chapman. Um, and up until this point, I had never even thought about, you know, anxiety or depression or just any, any other mental health issue um, in my own life. I had a lot of friends that you know, would talk to me about it. And it's, it's something that has run through my family. And, um, it, it was always something that my friends would be like, yeah, I, you know, I, I have anxiety about this, or I'm on meds for this, or I'm, you know, I see a therapist for this. And I never, I was always there to listen. And I always knew it was a serious thing, but I never could relate. And I never could say, oh, yep, like, I know how you're feeling. Cause I, I truly had never really thought about it. Um, and then when I was at Chapman, something wasn't, right. I, I never felt like it was the right fit for me. Um, I almost left, um, I, I almost left my, after my first semester and then I found a great group of people and a lot of doors within the, um, theater world kind of opened up for me and I ended up staying because of, because of my faith. And that's, that's a whole other episode in itself. But I think that, um, just something never felt right. And the problem was I never knew what it was. So coming in my third semester, so my, my first semester of sophomore year at Chapman, I had this class and this teacher, we were doing these scenes from Romeo and Juliet. And th this teacher told me after, um, she said, and I was, I was contemplating leaving at this point, but I hadn't really made the decision. I didn't know if it was the right decision. I didn't know where to go, really. I didn't know what why I wanted to leave. I just knew that I wanted to leave, which is a hard thing to describe to your parents. Hey, I want to leave school. I don't know why, but I just don't want to be here. And 
and I love my parents and they pushed me very hard to just make sure that that was a the correct decision and I, I'm glad that they did. Um, but this teacher was telling me and she she broke it down for me very simply and she said, whenever you try to emote or whenever you try to portray the emotion of love or lust or um, sadness, um, she said, you just get angry. She said, you just get very upset and it comes off that way. And she said, I think that there's some personal things that you should figure out. And she told me that, um, she said, I don't know. She said, I don't know what that looks like for you or how you're going to figure that out. But she said, I, I think that there's a blockage and you need to kind of, um, you need to figure it out. And she, and she told me, I think if you figure that out, you'll be a very, very good actor. She told me that she thought I was very talented and that was the only thing that was holding me back. And this is, um, a, a in acting school, you talk a lot about habitual tensions. You talk about, um, you know, I have a lot of habitual tensions in my shoulders and I kind of hold myself that way and I slouch and you, uh, the big part is when you're creating a character, you just don't want to bring your own personal tensions into the character because then sometimes it can take the audience out of it. And the only way I could describe it at that point was that I felt like there was habitual tensions around my chest every time that I tried to um, act, you know, sad or act in love or anything. I just felt like there was like this, I would tense up and I would get angry. And this was, this was big because nobody had ever talked to me about emotions like that. And nobody had ever been able to pinpoint an emotion and basically just described to me what I was feeling. And it hit me really hard. I, I almost started crying in class and I was like, I don't really know what to do from here. And I, I, I went home and I started to think about it and I decided that there were a lot of things in my life that I needed to change just as myself. I, need to, I needed to take care of myself and I needed to figure out what was going on. Um, and the only way for me to do that was to come home. Because that's where my support system was. My family, my friends, everybody here were people that I wanted to be around. Because I think that, you know, I I realized how scary it sounded to really get in touch with yourself and deal with, even just to say like, hey, like I have anxiety or I have this or I have that. You know, it's, it's really scary in today's society um, and to yourself because I think that nobody wants to admit that, you know, there's... I don't think it's a problem, but I think, or at least I thought, I'm not going to speak for other people. I thought, I saw that as like, a, there's something wrong with me, you know? And so um, I was like, and it's it's a lot of work, but I didn't figure that out until later. Um, and so I said, you know, I'm going to come home. And I came home and I came to my parents and I just said, hey, like, you know, I, I want to see a therapist and I want to go start talking to somebody. And... Um, in my family, that wasn't a, um, normal thing to do. Um, my mom had seen a therapist when she was younger. Um, but you know, that was in the, in the eighties. And I, I would say that therapy wasn't, oh, I know that therapy wasn't really the norm back then. And so I'm sure it was much harder to go, you know, in a time like that. Also, um, my sister had seen a therapist, um, but it was more of a, not a forced action, um, but my parents definitely encouraged her to do it. And then um, it just wasn't the right fit for her. And so I think that it was big that I came to them and said like, hey, I want to see a therapist. Like, can you know, can we look at our health insurance? You know, are there any places around here that are covered? Is there anything that I can, you know, is there anybody that I can go talk to about this and I my, they found me a place and I didn't call for about two weeks I was really kind of nervous to start the whole process because like I said I struggled a lot with just the fact of like I, I I've come to find out that I care a lot about what people see me as 
um, which is really interesting because I definitely growing up was a kid who did not care what people thought. I was a goof. I was called names and I didn't care. I knew that I was, you know, I was that kid. And also like if you knew me in high school or just know me in general, um, I've always been kind of called the positive one or the, um, the uplifter. And I've always kind of been the showman in the group. And I think that that is, you know, um, I'm always the one that tries to, if some, if something doesn't feel right, I will always try to, you know, uplift and make people feel right. And usually it comes with the jokes and the comedy and just me being a goofball. Um, and so, like I said, I wasn't, super comfortable with admitting to myself that like I I thought of it as a problem and it's not and I know that now but I I thought of it that way to start and I didn't call for a couple weeks and my mom was like you should really call you should really call and that almost made me want to do it less because I wanted to do it on my own terms and that's not I mean my mom was just trying to help and my mom and dad have been very loving and supportive about this and um but so I finally called and I started going to therapy and I I just, I didn't really know what to talk about at first. I just went in there and I started talking about just my daily life. And it's, it was incredible to me how, um, I, I'm a very mental person and I, I, I think that I have everything under control in my head. You know, I'm not, I'm not a writer. I don't write things down. I don't, you know, um, I, I, I just don't, well, the thing is I also, I share a lot. I've always worn my emotions on my sleeve and that is, so I've always thought that like, oh, I'm very open about my life. I'm very open with people and this and this. And, um, you know, everybody knows everything about me. Um, and it was incredible to me to see how once I started talking to somebody who, A, I got very fortunate. I know that it's, it's sometimes hard to find a therapist, um, that you feel comfortable with or is just the right fit. And there's, that's absolutely a thing. You need to find the one with the right fit. And I was just very fortunate that my first and only therapist that I've had, um, was very, was kind of the perfect fit for me or so far at least. And so I, it was incredible for me to find, to just see how talking with someone who didn't know me and didn't have any preconceived notions or didn't know anything about my past, just by talking, um, just how much more of myself came out. You know, I always thought that everybody knew everything about me. And then I started talking and I was like, I didn't even know these things about myself. You know, I didn't even know that this was a thing that sat inside of me. And I think that the reason I started going was for that mind space of if I do this and if I learn more about myself and I can get in touch with my emotions more, I'm going to become a better actor and I'm going to become better at the craft that I've spent a lot of time and money you know, practicing. And I, I honestly kind of saw it as like, you know, in sports, you go to a camp to get better. You go to like a, a quarterback special camp or whatever. And I, I kind of saw it that, that way at first. I was like, you know, I, this is to get better at what I'm doing. And because there were clearly gaps and my teacher let me know that. And, um, it's, and, and so I started going and, just the amount of things that started to come up and you know i i also realized that i started to use my friends kind of as my therapy before i had a therapist and just kind of like the problem was i was looking for them to give me an answer and they don't have the answer cuz they're not me i'm the only one that can give myself an answer and that's the other thing i love about my therapist is she gives suggestions but she never tells me the answer she'll even say you want me to give you an answer right now but I can't and I respect and just really like that about her so I, I just started talking and I realized that one of the reasons that I didn't feel good about my old school was I felt like I had this kind of codependency with my 
group of friends back home, I I would spend more time sitting in my room playing Xbox than I would trying to meet new people. And and I only lived in the dorm for a semester, and so that definitely didn't help the meeting new people thing. But I I also realized that like I was eighteen and I I moved halfway across the country. I'd never been that far before. And I still recommend if if you have the money to go, you know, out of state for school, I so highly recommend it, especially if you were in my situation where my parents always said, like, hey, you can come home. Like, you can always come back if you need it. And I think that um, just I went out there and so much of my personality and so much of, like, who I was in this world, I put on my friend group and I put on my family. And, like, I created this personality for myself based on what other people thought. So when I went out to California and I had to start new and I had to start, you know, making new friends and meeting new people and talking, it was like, it was kind of like a personality like complex of like, who actually am I? What like, and that sounds like such a, I don't know, kind of like a cheesy thing to say, but it was true. It was like, who, you know, how do I act around people that I don't know? Because I really don't know. And also, I mean, like, I'm in class every day having teachers ask me how I feel about this or why I'm like this or, you know, what emotion that brings up in me. And I didn't have an answer. And so I realized that, like, I just put so much of myself and other people that I didn't really know who I was. And... That's still something, I mean, I've been in therapy for a year and a half now, and that's still something that I'm working on and trying to figure out. Um, and I I learned that I have extreme anxiety, and I realized that I, I, I'm kind of a control freak. <laughs> I think that a lot of people listening who know me could have told me that many years ago, but I, I like to plan. I like to be, I live in the past or I live in the future. Um, I either am thinking about things that I did and how I would change them or I want to go back. Or I live in the future and think like, oh, in 10 years, what's my life going to look like? I want a family. I want kids. I want to be doing this. I want to be doing that. But none of that will happen if I don't live, you know, in the present. But the the thing is, to live in the present, you have to be very much, you know, aware of yourself and I I was kind of hiding from who I was I've never been a super confident person I've always looked to others for reassurance and once again I mean I think that that is all of this that I'm saying you know I probably don't show on the outside especially the confidence thing um and once again it's a shock that I'm an actor but like they I, I definitely hide it well. And like I said, and that's with comedy and that's with putting on a smile and that's with, you know, just being around other people. And that's, I think why I'm such a social person. Um, and actually to a point where I hated not being around people. Like I just needed so desperately to be around people because I could hide. And, but, you know, the past year I've really become comfortable with being just in my own little world and being by myself and you know I obviously still love people I love being social and I love friends and I will always choose that over being alone but there are always going to be you know moments in a day where you know nobody's around and I just got to sit here and chill and hang out and what am I going to do you know and I used to be scared because it's like, oh, I'm just going to think about all the conversations that I had last week and I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to beat myself up because that was so awkward. Why did I say it like that? And or like, oh, they were hanging out without me and this and this and I missed out. And I've just become so much more comfortable with being kind of by myself and like with who I am. And I don't really have FOMO anymore. And that has been a huge thing in my life 
And I'm so happy to kind of be done with, not done with it, obviously. Everybody still has FOMO, but just like, it's like a weight lifted off my shoulders. But I will say, since I started going to therapy and since I started really digging into my, you know, emotions and why do I feel this way and why do I do this and why do I do that, I definitely feel like my anxiety has gone through the roof and it's gotten I I'm not going to use the term worse but I think that it's gotten more apparent um I went 20 years without ever having an anxiety attack or a panic attack or whatever you um you know may call it and in the past seven months eight months I've had five six you know they've become kind of a you know, not a regular thing, but definitely a thing that happens more. I remember I went on a date last spring and I literally came home and I was so just like nervous about how it went. And I was like, oh God, it was so bad. Like I was so awkward. Like I should have done this. Like, oh my God, did she have fun? This and this. And I just broke down and I just started having this like panic attack. And you know, I, I, I went to my therapist, I talked to her about it. And she's like, no, like you, she's like, you know, you were feeling things, you know, you were, you liked this girl, you had fun on this date, you were nervous. And these are feelings that you never let yourself feel before. So you got scared. Because you're like, what am I feeling? And I remember, you know, another time I had a panic attack on a plane because of something that I, you know, was just thinking about everything that I had to get done and all this stuff and all the stress and I just broke down and I started literally on the plane, like just was like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this flight. Um, and that's kind of always been the way I handle things is I definitely bottle them up um, in high school. Definitely would bottle things up, bottle things up, bottle things up, Sam, okay, all this is fine. And then about every six months, I would break down. And I mean break down. I'm talking bawling my eyes out, yelling, pissed, upset, sad, just like all of the emotions. And I still remember this time that this kid that was a great under me, I was a senior, and so I was trying to be a leader in the theater program. And this kid texted me because of something I had said and I, you know, it was, it was a stupid thing and it, it was not the thing that really I was upset about, but I bottled everything up that I didn't know what I was upset about. And I remember I was at my dance studio and I was just in a really bad mood all night. And my dance teacher was like, Palmer, like, what is up? Like, this is not you, whatever. And I just broke down and I just started yelling and everybody outside of the of the room could hear it and they all thought I was yelling at my teacher and it was really just me letting everything out and she was like this is not what you're upset about you know and um and thank god for her because she a lot of times I would have these breakdowns and she'd be like okay well this isn't what you're upset about and that was comforting to me this is also the same person that, you know, I told, I told that I started to go to therapy and started to tell her kind of some of my problems and, um, and like what I had talked about. And, she, you know, she had asked like, you know, are you okay talking about it? And, and she said, you know, I told her all these things and she's like, Palmer, there's no, like, there's no surprise that you're dealing with this stuff. A, you know, let's, let's look at your family really quick. And, once again, I love my family. I would not change a single thing about my family. I think that my parents raised me and my sister the best that we could. And I, I do, you know, even though my sister and I have had our differences, plenty of differences, like I would not change our relationship because I think that her and I are still, I think we have a very unique relationship because we are so honest with each other. And even though that causes fights a lot, you know, I wouldn't want a relationship with my sister where I'm kind of tiptoeing around things. But you know, she kind of just like broke down my family for me real quick. She's like, you know, this is this and this is this and you've dealt with this and you've, you know, tackled these anxieties for your family. And it was, it was crazy that hear somebody talk about that and be like, oh my God, like it's that simple. You know, you're an outside person and you saw that it's that simple. 
and then you know she we started talking about things that happened in high school and things that I had honestly forgotten I had blocked out and they were just like they were things that I tackle a lot one thing that I've learned about myself is I I take on other people's anxieties so on top of my own if somebody else is sad or anxious or you know stressed or whatever like I take that on you know like I somebody just told me some news the other day and I was like why am I anxious about this and I'm like okay well you know this is how we fix this and it's like it's not my issue it's not even that it's an issue it's not my life like I'm not the one that needs to fix this I should not be anxious because they're not anxious you know and I think that I put myself in other people's shoes and I react as if I would react and I tackle a lot of people other people's anxieties and that does not help with my own anxieties and that's another thing is you know it's, it's hard to separate the two so sometimes you know I'm having a a anxiety attack and I'm like okay but what is actually mine and what else am I just absorbing from other people and that's something that I've I've learned a lot about and just tried to really break down you know like who am I as a person also just talking about like kind of having these anxiety attacks which I will like I, I I'm saying all this by the way to try to normalize this this is all normal I know that I'm not the only person suffering from this or not even suffering like I'm not the only person that's going through this and I'm not the only person who you know is working on themselves and that's the thing that I'm trying to do is say like going to therapy and talking about this stuff and everything is it's not talking about I I know a lot I know a lot of people um a lot of people always say like, you know, if we're sick, we go to the doctor, you know, if, if our arm hurts, we go to the doctor, but if our, like if our mind and our emotions and our heart hurt, you know, it's like this taboo thing to go to a therapist or go to a doctor. And I agree with all that. We should. I'm also trying to say that like, I don't think of it as a sickness. I think of it as all of this stuff a, it's human nature, and B, doing all these things is just trying to better yourself, and better yourself just meaning taking care of yourself. You're just trying to be the best form of you, and you're just trying to take care of yourself, and so I try very hard to keep all of the terms and words positive while talking about this stuff. Um, and I do that well when I'm talking to other people, but talking about myself obviously is a whole nother ball game. Also, uh, like I'll admit, I'm super nervous right now. Like I said, I've never shared this with such an open forum and I don't even think I would share this, you know, if Gates was in the room. Gates is my best friend and I think that this is going to be the most in-depth kind of breakdown of my life that he'll have gotten in our nine years of friendship when he listens to this and he edits this. Hi, Gates. And so anyways, just talking about, you know, like the, the sheer anxiety, I, a couple weeks ago, started to have this anxiety attack at work and it just started, it was like this overwhelming emotion. And I was like, I, it was the first time in my life where I felt like I didn't have control over a, my emotions, but just like myself. I was feeling this thing and I could not get a grasp on it and I could not get control. And I felt my, I knew that I was going to break down right there and then in the restaurant. And I went to my manager and I just said, Hey, like, I can't be here. And I ended up leaving in the middle of my shift. And I called my mom on the way home and I started bawling my eyes out and then I started to feel worse because I've never, I've never walked out on a shift before. I've never not like, you know, if I have a job to do, I will get it done. No matter what I am feeling, I will get it done before anything else because that is what I am there to do. And that's just the way I'm, 
I was raised and that's what is ingrained in my body. I was raised by two workhorses of parents and it's gotten me a lot, you know, that, that mentality would not be here, like where I am in my career field without it. But so then I started, you know, panicking and just feeling awful. And I was like, I wasn't even worried about getting fired or anything. I just felt horrible that I did this. And I, I ended up calling my manager and I was like, Hey, I'm really sorry. Like I just suffer from a lot of anxiety and I felt that I was going to break down and, you know, I just need you to know that like, this is, I'm, this has never happened before. And I sure as hell, I'm going to try super hard that it doesn't, ne- that it never happens again. But that was the first time that I really, you know, said those words out loud to anybody that wasn't in my tight kind of friend group of five or six people and I don't think I've ever had a panic attack and even called my parents you know and it it was the most public forum that I've ever had kind of that uncontrollable feeling and if you guys have ever had you know you guys know the feeling if you guys have ever been in that situation um and it was, I've also never, you know, said like, hey, you know, like, I told my mom this, I said, I've never used my anxiety as an excuse. And once again, I think that that's a negative connotation. And it's not an excuse. You know, if I, if I had, you know, broken my ankle, I wouldn't be expected to go to work. And I think that sometimes mental health can be even more crippling than a broken bone or you know anything like that and so going back to just talking about how you know I think that anxiety has become more apparent in my life since I started going to therapy since I started going to therapy I have had so many highs and I've had a lot of lows and I'll say that since I started working out my emotions with another person, my highs have been higher than they've ever been and my lows have been lower than they've ever been. I was a very emotional child. I cried a lot and I mean a lot over the smallest little things. And when I got older, I became embarrassed of that. I said, why? Like, that's such a little thing. Why would you cry about that? And I don't remember the last time that like, Well, I shouldn't say that. I do remember the last time, but I can like name every single time that I've full out cried, you know, on two hands in, let's say, seven years. And because for some reason, I always found it embarrassing. I looked back at my younger self and I was like, I think I've done enough crying for a lifetime. And I think that and that's one thing that I always, you know, like, I just, I, I've talked a lot about my therapist with that. And I, um, I was doing this Zoom theater thing with some friends of mine. And A, it just made me so happy to be doing theater again, guys. You have no idea, um, even though it's not in the regular forum that it is. Like, the, it, it, it saved me a little bit, to be honest. Like, I was, I was losing my mind a little bit during COVID. I think we all were. Um, you know, I lost my first professional gig as an actor because of COVID. It was a turning point in my, you know, I, it was a turning point in my life. And, you know, I, I, I decided to leave school. So I'm just working and no theaters are open and I can't do the thing that I love most. And so to be able to do this was just revolutionary for me and my just mental health. But I, I played a character and, and the basis of the, of the, play and I'm going to be um I'm going to be advertising it very hard because I think it's a phenomenal play and one of my friends wrote it and directed it and it's just phenomenal but we were all we were all kids with um we were part of like a a deceased parent parental um therapy group and it was a comedy and it was I think that it towed the line between serious and comedic very well and it was clearly written and acted by people who have been to therapy and been through, you know, serious things. And if you hear, if you hear the music in the background, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know which roommate that is, but I was, and I I had told the director, I'm like, you know, I've never really experienced 
that deep of grief before. And I, I, I did just lose my, my grandfather this, um, this spring. And that was the first time that I've really lost a, a person that's been in my life. And I don't know if I've even grieved about it fully, to be honest with you, because I don't really know what grief looks like. Um, but I told them, I'm like, you know, I've never grieved about something this serious before. And that was something that I really had to come up with if I was going to act this part. And I remember we got to the day where we were going to film it and we each had a monologue talking about, you know, the parent that we had lost in the play. And I I just started reading my monologue and I just broke down and I just started to cry. And just because of the words on the page, this wasn't something that I've experienced, you know, but there was something about this relationship that she had written for this character with her parents that I, all it took was one word and I just broke down and I was so happy and I was so proud of myself and I was like, this would never have happened if I hadn't, you know, started going to therapy and started working on myself and started working on my emotions and it just made me so proud of myself for working through this and that's what I'm talking about when I say the highs of highs, you know, um, it's just like it's a it's a great feeling because I know that I'm making progress. And so, yeah, just like I said, I was very proud of myself and I felt kind of on top of the world that I had made this breakthrough. And after every therapy session, I sit there and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm doing the work and this is what needs to be done. And I'm making, you know, I'm 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 going to the doctor and I'm healing myself, you know, and still a lot of work to be done and it's a lot of hard work but then also on the other side of it you know I have the low lows um actually just the other weekend I was we we had a bit of a get together and um it hit about 1 30 and I had been having a good night and um actually it was it was Gates's girlfriend I was talking to her and I was talking to one of our roommates Gavin and you know, it was just like the littlest thing that night set me off and I just started bawling my eyes out in the middle of the kitchen. And so I ran downstairs and, you know, with Gates' girlfriend, Anna and Gavin, and we just started sitting and talking about it. And I just like everything started flowing out. And I just kind of like, I, you know, I, I was sitting there just bawling and I was just saying, you know, like, this isn't fair. Like, why do I have to deal with this? Like, it just hurts so much. And like, this isn't fair. And, you know, um, it's just such hard work, you know, because it is, it's a lot of hard work. And, you know, I was like, I, I just kept saying, like, why is this fair? You know, and I'm like, why do I have to deal with it? But then I wake up the next morning, and I think about it, I'm like, a like, once again, that I'm proud that I let all of that out. B, you know, I'm not the only one dealing with it. And when I keep that in mind, it makes me happy. And C, like, that low of low turned into a moment of like, that felt good to say that, you know. And a couple of days later, I talked to my therapist about it. And I was like, you know, I just feel like since I've been going to therapy, I've been having the highs of highs and the lows of lows. And she reminded me that, you know, when I came to, when I started coming to therapy, she would ask me, you know, uh, like, you know, how did that make you feel? Or how, how are you feeling this week? Or what's on your mind? And I always would say like, ah, I'm just kind of like there, you know what I mean? I was just kind of in the middle. I was neutral. There was no highs. There were no lows. It was just kind of neutral. And that is what I don't like. I would rather have the lows of lows then be neutral because even when I have the lows of lows, I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling things and I'm working on those emotions that I'm not great at feeling. And I, you know, I am every time that I have one of those lows of lows and I feel that and I sit in that, I think, you know, this is making me learn more about myself and I know myself better after having that experience. 
And so when I said earlier about how, you know, I'm the happiest that I've ever been, even when I'm having probably the lowest of lows that I've ever had, that's why. Because even in those moments, I remember like, I'm having that low of low because I'm starting to feel. And the reason that it feels so low is because I'm scared because I've never felt that before. When I keep that in mind, and I still keep in the back of my mind, like this is going to make me better at what I do. But really, it's just going to make me happier about who I am. And I don't know a fraction of the things that I hope to know one day about it. And I, you know, I still don't know everything about myself. But that's what I mean when I say I'm the happiest I've ever been, even though I feel like my anxiety is at an all-time high. Because I feel like I'm, I, I'm, I'm just learning about myself. And a lot of people live with anxiety. And I'm learning to control it. And I'm just lear- I'm learning how to make myself who I am. And you know what? If I'm somebody who lives with anxiety, that's just who I am. And that makes me happy. And, yeah, I just... I. I felt like this was a great week to talk about all this. And um, and like I said, if you... Oh my gosh, somebody is in the background making all of the noise. I apologize. It's the problem with having your podcast studio in your room that you share a house with five other guys. But anyways, but I just felt like this was a really good week because it was it was sitting on my mind and... I told myself I was going to do it this way once I figured out that, you know, Gates couldn't be here with me today. And I woke up this morning and I procrastinated. I was like, I don't want to do this. I'm nervous. I don't want, I don't want all my feelings to be out on a public place. But then I thought about how if, you know, my teacher would have never said those words to me or if my friends had never, you know, been so open about their, you know, what they were going through even before I started even knowing that I was going through things, I don't think that I would have felt as normal and as open to once that these things came up, I don't think I would have felt as comfortable with as I was to just start doing it, start working on myself. And so I thought, you know what, There, even if it's one person who hears this and says, hmm, I'm not saying this has to be a life-changing event for you because things don't happen that fast, you know? Took me a long, long time. Still am working on it to really realize what's going on inside. But it just, I I wanted to normalize this conversation. And if, you know, and if somebody's out there listening and they say, hmm, and they think about it for even a fraction of a second, I think that's progress. I just wanted to normalize this being on a public forum. And I know a lot of podcasts talk about this stuff. And I was like, you know what? This isn't what I created the podcast for. But I created the podcast to share myself with you guys. And I'm not always the happy-go-lucky, funny guy that I always try to be, you know? So I think that this was... um, I I just wanted to share with you guys. And if you guys made it this far, I really appreciate it. Um, I think that, um, I don't even know what to think. I just, I really appreciate if you guys, you know, have have gotten this far in it. And I hope that um, it's, I, I hope that something's come up in you guys to just think about it. And even if you're not struggling with anything, but you know somebody who's struggling with it, um, Maybe once they come and talk to you about it, it'll be more of a normal conversation because I think just the more it's talked about, the more it'll happen. And also, I just, if anybody is struggling with it, especially right now, guys, this is such a crazy time and nobody thought that this was going to last as long as it did and we're still not back to normal and we probably won't be back to normal for quite a while now. And even our new normal is not going to be what it was. So if anybody's feeling anything, you know, this was my way of saying a lot of us are feeling it. And uh, 
you know, do with that information what you will. But I think that um, I just want to encourage everybody to take care of themselves. And although we need to think about other people, it is not a selfish thing to think about yourself for a while. I, 2020 is a shitty year. But funnily enough, I think 2020 is going to go down in my books as one of my favorite years. It was the year that I was strong enough to leave school. It was the year that I, you know, started really doing this podcast and really wanted, did things that I wanted to do. And it's the year that I've made a lot of progress on myself. And I will always care for people. But I've taken a lot of time just work on myself this year because we have a lot of time to ourselves you know in this time so um i just encourage you guys to really to really take care of yourselves in whatever way that means if you know if that's just taking five minutes out of your day to just kind of think about yourself or write it down or journal or sing a song that makes you feel something or talk to somebody or Whatever it is, I just encourage you guys to do that and keep normalizing the conversation. I know a lot of you guys I know a lot of you guys are um, doing a lot of good good work out there to normalize the conversation. So like I said, next week um, we're gonna be back. This is this I, this actually went longer than I thought it would. I didn't know how long this conversation was going to go because I was just I just told myself I was going to ramble and I wasn't going to try to um, guide it in any way so next week we'll be back um, me and Gates in in the studio um, rambling about our funny Halloween stories and we'll, we'll get back to you know being that that comedic entertainment um, that you guys have come to to like within this podcast and like I said I really appreciate all the positive feedback on it um and please I want you guys to be um I want you guys to be involved so if there's something that um you know just let me know how you're feeling and like I said the feedback is always is always welcome whether it's good or bad or you think that you know it could be better in some way always let me know if you think something's great always let me know because I'm creating this podcast for you guys, which means that I want you guys to have a say in what it's like. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, hopefully, um, hopefully you enjoyed this week, and uh, please join us next week for our um, slightly late but still timely, um, very spooky, ooky podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, We'll catch you next time.